0: You're listening to the Psalms for Sojourners podcast, in which we look at the Psalms as prayers for God's people on every occasion. We hope it's a blessing to you. Hi, and thanks for listening to another episode of Psalms for Sojourners. I'm Cole Kirby, uh, pastor at Sojourn Montrose, the regular host of this podcast, and this week... Um, I wanted to do something a little bit different, um, a change of pace. Uh, if you've been listening consistently, you know that since our introduction episode, uh, the last seven episodes have been conversations between me and either another pastor or a member at Sojourn Montrose in which we talk about the psalms, either one psalm specifically or dive in more thematically to ways in which psalms are useful or or some some ways in which um, we see God revealing himself in the psalms. We've talked about how the psalms can be helpful in regards to mental and emotional illness um, in a counseling setting. Uh, we've talked about singing the psalms. And and then we've had episodes uh, focusing uh, more specifically on on one psalm at a time in a conversation format. And I, I've really enjoyed doing that. And, and we will get back to... Uh, to doing that. I love um, it it's been fun for me to to host the podcast in that way., uh, but this week, um, I was struck by psalm forty eight. and and I was struck because psalm forty eight is this it's this call to praise, but it's also a call to thoughtful reflection and meditation. And so and, and so I decided to spend some time. With Psalm 48 and and reflect upon it. And so, I I thought for the purpose of this week's podcast, in order to change things up, that I would just share my reflections on Psalm 48. Uh, And and the way I want to format that is, is I want to read Psalm 48 for us first. And and so if you're listening at home and you can grab your Bible and you want to read along, I'll be reading Psalm 48 all the way through. And then I'll share my reflection on Psalm 48. Um, and then after that, I'm going to read the psalm again and just leave us with it and hope that the reflection that, that I provided, though incomplete and 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 not a full deep dive into the psalm, will... Help us as we re-engage with the psalm a second time at the end of the podcast. Uh, And so with that being said, let me just read Psalm 48. Hear the word of the Lord. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Great is Yahweh, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled. They came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic. They took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there. Anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind you shattered the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of Yahweh of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever, Selah. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts. Go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 48 is a meditation on Jerusalem and the temple, referred to as Zion. In this psalm, worship is due Yahweh because of his holy habitation in the midst of his people. Zion is at once the joy of all the earth and that which strikes fear in the hearts of the kings of the other nations. Zion leads the people of God to meditate upon and consider the steadfast love of God, leading to praise which extends to all corners of the earth. Celebration is appropriate because from Zion, the good and righteous judgments of Yahweh go forth. The song ends with a call to walk around Zion, considering the architecture and attributes, taking them to heart, memorizing them intimately, so that those who hear might tell the future generations about the glory of God, that He is eternal and eternally guiding His people into prosperity. This psalm is beautifully written. It would cause even one who knows nothing of its meaning or of the scriptures to find pleasure in its language and imagery, as the authors move back and forth between describing the city of God and describing God himself without really making distinction between the two. It evokes hopefulness of God's salvation his justice, glory, and joy moving out from Zion to the farthest reaches of the created order. It also evokes feelings of mystery and wonder as it's obviously if as as it isn't obviously clear if the authors are speaking in their present moment or speaking about the way things will be in the future or as i believe speaking about both at the same time. The opening stanza alone sounds like a passage that we might find in one of our favorite fantasy novels. It's elegant and formal and evocative. It's the voice of loyal subjects and worshipers seeming to go forth to foreign nations who are unawares of the glory of their Lord and King Yahweh. It says, Great is Yahweh, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. In this first bit of this song, we are introduced to a whole host of characters, We're introduced to Yahweh, the city of God. We're introduced to the holy mountain, to Zion, the great king, and we are introduced to God who is a fortress. And as the poem continues, we begin to get this feeling that all of these different things and persons might be one in the same. The sons of Korah weren't writing about the great king David. They weren't writing about Jerusalem in the northern regions of Israel. They weren't even writing about the tabernacle or the temple or Mount Sinai or Horeb. They weren't writing about ramparts and foreign kings. Yet they were writing about all of those things. They they were writing about those elements, but they were also writing about a king yet to be revealed in their day. A king who would reveal himself as Yahweh in the flesh, as God's temple sent out to tabernacle among his people. A king who would reveal himself as a fortress for those in need of safety, a judge of the wicked and the unrighteous, a king who would be a mountain among molehills in the desert and a shepherd guiding his flock forever. They were writing about the one who we ought to praise because he is great and greatly to be praised. They were writing about one whom we should meditate upon, acquaint ourselves with, and whose teachings, attributes, and accomplishments we should memorize as the very pillars of our new society in this new Zion. The sons of Korah were writing about one who is the joy of all the earth and the terror of any who would claim a throne for themselves. They were writing about King Jesus because Jesus was speaking through them as they wrote. He is the great king in the city of God. He is the mountain from which God speaks truth and gives his law. He is the general and the fortress of the Lord's army, protecting and advancing a kingdom of love and grace and glory by the power of his blood rather than the blood of his enemies. He is the one who is steadfast. He is steadfast love and he offers steadfast love. He is the one whose praise is reaching to the ends of the earth from the mouth of his servants. He is the one who we will proclaim to a future generation as the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd of God, who we have seen and who has seen us. Psalm 48 is a song about God's entire story. It isn't about one thing or one person. In fact, it's about everything and every person. Yet it is also singularly about Christ, from the mouth of Christ. It's about Christ on his throne, Christ in our midst, Christ in our hearts. And so, like the final stanza calls us to, walk about him. Consider his ramparts of justice and love, mercy and grace, wisdom and truth, tenderness and judgment. Go through the citadels of his teachings and his suffering and his empty tomb. And then tell others that he is God. He is God forever and ever He will guide us forever. Again, hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 48. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled. They came on together, and as, they, as soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic. They took to flight. "'Trembling took hold of them there, "'anguish as of a woman in labor. "'By the east wind you shattered the ships of Tarshish. "'As we have heard, so we have seen "'in the city of Yahweh of hosts, "'in the city of our God, "'which God will establish forever. "'We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, "'in the midst of your temple. "'As your name, O God, "'so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth.' Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever church. He will guide us forever. Amen.